Welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast with me, Melissa K. Norris, inspiring your faith in pioneer roots. And today is episode number 91, and we are going to be talking about how to make homemade apple cider vinegar out of your apple scraps that you would normally be be tossing on out, which gets me super excited because... Making apple cider vinegar at home is one of the easiest things to make. And even if you've had trouble, I've got some troubleshooting tips so that your homemade apple cider vinegar turns out because it is truly one of the things that every homestead and home should have on hand. It is one of probably the most versatile things that you could have on hand in your home because it you can use it in so many different ways. So you know that saying an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Well, I think apple cider vinegar should go into that saying too. As a frugal loving mama, I love that I can take something I'd normally throw away and turn it into a useful and actually good for me item. So to make apple cider vinegar, which this method is technically apple scrap vinegar, you only need two ingredients in a mason jar. So you need to have apple peels and cores and scrap pieces of apple. If you want to use a whole cut up apple, you are more than welcome to do so. I don't because I like to get the absolute most use that I can. So you're going to need the apple scraps, water, clean mason jar and band, and then some kind of breathable material to put on top of it for the first ferment, which is going to be a coffee filter, cheesecloth towel, that kind of a thing. And today's episode is sponsored by because this tutorial and the instructions are actually out of my book, The Made From Scratch Life, Simple Ways to Create a Natural Home. And you can check out more about that at madefromscratchlife.com, including some bonuses. Let's get to it. When you're making apple cider vinegar, whatever we start with, the first product that goes into it is gonna be the quality of the end product. So apples are really high on the list for having pesticides and chemicals used on them. A lot of, you wanna make sure that you're starting with apples that are either organic or you know where they've been grown. So if they're from your own tree or from a neighbor, they haven't been using um, sprays, then that's what you're gonna wanna use to make your homemade apple cider vinegar, especially because we're using the peels primarily and the cores. We're using the scraps, but a lot of the outside of the apple that's been exposed to stuff. Wash your apple beforehand, make sure you get it nice and clean, and then you can use the peels. Now you can make this as small or large as you want in volume. So if you've just got the peels and cores from a couple apples, like this is what I'm gonna show you how to do today from the beginning process, then go ahead and use the smaller amount. Mason jars like make my world go round, you guys. Most people have mason jars on hand. So a glass container is best. Mason jars work well. And I like to use the wide mouth jars because we're putting things inside it. Go ahead, toss your cores, put all of the peels in there, and just make sure that it's a nice clean jar that you've washed it with some hot soapy water and rinsed it well. You're gonna put, put that in your jar. Now the next thing that you wanna do is we're actually just gonna pour water over it. There's two things. If you're just on regular well water like we are, we're on our own private well, then I just use my straight well water right from the tap. If you are on city water or water that has chlorine in it, then there's a couple of different things you could do. Of course, you could buy bottled water, or if you have a friend who has a well, you can go to their house and say, hey, can I get a couple cups of water? That would work. The other thing that you can do to remove the chlorine is you can either pour the water and let it sit for 24 hours on the counter, and that will remove the chlorine from it, or you can boil it for 20 minutes and then let it cool, and that will remove the chlorine. Got a couple different options there. All we're gonna do is we're just gonna take this and we're just gonna, we want our apple scraps covered with water. So you're just gonna pour those in there with your water. Then 
What you want to do is it needs to be able to breathe. So this is actually a fermented food. Apple cider vinegar is fermented. And so many of us have been hearing fermented foods are really good for us. They're not just a form of food preservation from way back when, but the actual fermenting, it has that good bacteria in it and is very beneficial for our health. So apple cider vinegar is technically a fermented food. So then what we want to make sure we do is you need something that's breathable. So you can use cheesecloth. You can use, um, a, this was a paper towel that I did on this first batch. Coffee filter works great. Um, you just need something that's breathable and you do want to cover it because hello, fruit flies, right? This is, this attracts fruit flies. And this time of year, my goodness, I think over the past two weeks, I've probably processed, I've canned about um, 60 pounds of different fruits, peaches, pears, and apples. Fruit flies have been making a home in my kitchen. And I'm going to show you a tip to get rid of those as well. We're going to cover this up then you're gonna to wanna to just use a regular band. I just have my um, a band here just to keep it down. You could use a rubber band, um, anything. Basically, it's just to keep this so that little fruit flies and contaminants don't get in it. Then what you're gonna do is you're just gonna set this jar somewhere on the counter where you can kind of see it and keep an eye on it. You're gonna let this ferment for about two weeks. Two to three weeks, you can have a little bit of leeway there. We're gonna let it ferment. This big jar has been going for about two and a half weeks now. There's a couple of things that you're going to want to look for when it's fermenting. And one is the presence of bubbles. So the presence of bubbles is really good. It means that it's active and it's fermenting. It's also started to change color. Um, it's not really that nice dark vinegar yet, but it is darker than just your plain waters. And then, of course, the smell. So it should start to smell a little bit sour. Not a bad smell, but it should start to smell like a very weak vinegar. Those are our things. Now, there's a little bit of troubleshooting that I wanna talk about with you. So some people have experienced when they're, they're doing their apple cider vinegar that they've gotten some mold on top. So there's a couple of tricks that you can do. One is if the scraps of the apple are above the surface of the water, they may start to grow mold. It's really important, and this is true with any type of fermenting that you do, um, vegetable fermenting, that you keep all of the food beneath the surface of the waters. And evaporation will happen because this is not a sealed lid, right? We need it to be breathable. There's a couple things that you can do. They have, you can get a little weight. So this is just a little cup. It actually came with a fermenting um, kit that I got a while back. You're just gonna use this and it's clean we've already cleaned it and you're just gonna put a little bit of water inside the cup that will give it some weight and then you're gonna set it inside and so you can see that that is pushing down the apples the contents and it's keeping it beneath that water surface that's probably my best tip now some people you can get like glass weights basically anything that's clean and that's heavy enough to keep it beneath the surface of the apples. And I actually have an, another trick that you can do, and this is especially true if you don't have that little metal one, is just use a smaller glass jar. And that's one of the benefits of using the wide mouth jars. Then you can put something smaller in there. So I just put a little bit of the water in here to weigh it down, and then it just keeps this below the surface level. So if you have ever had mold issues when you were making your apple cider vinegar, that's usually the culprit. And of course we wanna start with you know nice clean jars and everything beforehand when we're making it. When you're doing fermenting, especially with the apple cider vinegar, it's actually pretty forgiving. If you start to develop on the top, see there's a couple pieces that kind of floated up and you're just like a week or two in and you see them and you're like, oh no, they've got like a little bit of mold or there's a little bit of film or it looks kind of funny. Just go ahead and remove those pieces and watch it over a week. Now, if it continues to mold and it spreads, then you're gonna have to toss it out. But many times, 
See, like this piece right here was a, close to the surface. This one had kind of gotten up there, and it's a darker brown. There's no mold on it, but you could just simply remove it. However, this has been fermenting, like I said, for about two and a half weeks now. So after it's fermented and you've got the visible action of the bubbles, and then you've started to have color change, and you can smell that it's starting to smell like vinegar, then what you want to do is the second ferment. With the second ferment, what we need to do is we actually will drain out all of the solids, so all of the apple pieces will drain out, and then you can just discard them, you know, you feed them to the chickens, feed them to the cows, the pigs, whatever it is you want to do with them, toss them in your compost pile, um, doesn't matter, and then you will keep the strained vinegar and you'll put it in a jar. At this point you can put a lid on it. So I really like for my non-canning projects to use these white lids um, and they just screw down their one piece and so you put that on top for the second ferment. So it doesn't need to breathe on the second fermenting part. So I just use a just a large Pyrex bowl here and then just do your regular strainer. And then you're just gonna pour it through and we're just gonna pour that in and let it drain. It's also important to remember, depending upon the size of the jar that you use, so this is a half gallon mason jar, and I won't get that much vinegar out of it because there's those solids in there. So usually you get about half of the amount of liquid of the jar, especially if it's full, there. I ended up getting about, that's about five cups worth here. So what I'll do is I will toss out these old scraps and pour it back in here and put the lid on, and then that will continue to ferment and you can let it sit and just continue to ferment and become a lot stronger vinegar because at the first point right now, this is not full strength. So this isn't really strong enough to act as vinegar. We need it to ferment for quite a bit longer and it can just keep fermenting and getting stronger. Um, I've actually got a little bit of apple cider vinegar left from last year. One of the really good things that you want to look for, and this is especially true if you don't have enough apple scraps, you're not making enough apple cider vinegar to take you through the whole year, then you, and you want to be able to purchase some from the store, is you want it to have what's called the mother in it. And you will see that develop. Now at this point, at the first straining, you're not going to see the mother in it yet. It's too young. It's not strong enough. See how what dark this is. This is from last year. And it's kind of cloudy. You'll see cloudy and you can actually see some little strains and particles. It's kind of almost cobwebby appearance at times. Well, that is the mother. That's the healthy strain of all of the good bacteria. And we really like that because now a lot of times when we're thinking of when we're purchasing things in the store, we think that we want it to look really clear and really nice, but that's not the case with vinegar because a lot of the good stuff has then been strained out in it. And we actually want the darker color because that's a stronger, better vinegar when it comes to apple cider vinegar. As it sits, then it will continue to darken up. And like I said, this is from last year. So this has been on its second ferment um, for almost a year. And that's fine with vinegar. And you can really tell now after you do the second ferment as well. So sometimes people will notice they don't actually have mold on that top layer. And it's usually when it's in the apple scrap form. So it's the first ferment when you still have the scraps in there. So you can just skim off. If there's any a layer on the top, just skim it off and let it keep going. So when I did this one, there was a little bit of a film on the top last year. I just skimmed that film off and then we strained it and put it in for its second ferment and it's been absolutely fine. So a lot of times you have a little bit of forgiveness room when it comes to making the apple cider vinegar at home. And it smells really vinegar. So it should have that sour odor. So you've got your three telltale signs there that it's actually making vinegar.
What are the best apples for making vinegar? Whatever apples you have on hand, friend. I have made them from, this batch right here is gonna be Gravenstein apples, which I have to tell you, Gravenstein apples are my favorite apple of all time. They make the best apple pies, they make the best apple sauces, and they can be harder to find. So if you have friends who have a Gravenstein or you're gonna be putting some trees in, if you can get a Gravenstein, they are the best flavor-wise, in my opinion. I love them. And a lot of people will also like to do, so when you're making apple cider vinegar with any kind of ferment, it's feeding on the sugars in the apple. So that's what it, um, at first it's the alcohol is, it's feeding on yeast and sugar, right? Which we already have in the presence of the apples. So a lot of times to give it a jump start, some people like to add in a little bit of sugar or a little bit of honey, or if you've got a batch of already vinegar that has the mother in it, you can add like a couple of teaspoons of this in there to kind of give it the colony a jump start and help it to grow. I have never done that and I've had it be just fine. So I generally don't add sugar to my water, but you can do that if you want to. And you can also do a couple jars at once and see which one starts to perform the best. So you can do some testing. But personally, I haven't had to add sugar, honey, or um, any kind of starter batch from my other ones. And it's just done just fine for me. Having homemade apple cider vinegar at home is for so many different reasons. Now, typically we think of having apple cider vinegar when we're making, you know, salad dressings or maybe a little bit of baking. But if you are into making a natural home, apple cider vinegar has got so many different uses throughout your home. In fact, I just wrote a blog post that just went live this morning so you can catch that. I've got over 28 ways to use apple cider vinegar and it is from everywhere in your kitchen, in your cleaning cupboard, natural remedies, and in your health. I will just tell you, I am not a doctor and I'm not a nutritionist, but there has been some studies that have came out and this study was actually done on humans and apple cider vinegar can help the body's response to blood sugar and to keeping blood sugar levels low, which is pretty amazing. If you wanna catch that article, and I've got links to all of the different sources and the actual data that's been done on these studies with using apple cider vinegar, and like I said, 28 ways, you can go to melissaknorris.com slash ACV. Now I wanna show you one of those tips that I share in the article, I'm gonna show you right here. So fruit flies are a huge pain, right? Fruit flies drive me batty this time of year. It seems no matter what I do, I always have some that come in the house. Apple cider vinegar is the best way that I've found in order to trap and actually effectively kill and trap the fruit flies to get them out of my kitchen. What I'm gonna show you is the proof. The proof is in the pudding, we always say. Well, the proof is in the jar with the apple cider vinegar. This jar right here, I made this little fruit fly trap with apple cider vinegar and I'm not kidding you guys, there is probably, I'd like a mini infestation going on. I'm gonna say a hundred fruit flies, but this was in 24 hours. It was like my whole kitchen and they were all gone in 24 hours. So what you do, it's super, super easy. Just take a glass, you can take a glass bowl, just a little one. And then you just take some of the apple cider vinegar. You just pour it in and you just want enough just to cover the surface area. You don't need a ton. And then this is what we do is we take a little bit of dish soap and you just want to put a couple of drops um, on the top and you could kind of swirl it around with your finger or whatever to kind of distribute it evenly on the surface. And the dish soap is great because it creates a little bit of a film on the surface. So when the fruit flies, cause they're attracted to the smell, 
when they get in there, they fall down inside and that soap helps create a little bit of a film so they can't easily fly back out. It kind of keeps them trapped in it and then they drown, which sounds kind of diabolical. But if you have fruit flies, you know how much they drive you batty. And so it's a very good thing. So the apple cider vinegar, the actually the component in it is acetic acid. So it is acidic, but in the body it can help to balance your pH levels. And a lot of times when people have um, issues in the body is because their pH levels are actually off and apple cider vinegar can help and I talk a lot about that in the article as well which brings me to um, one of my other things that you'll want to do too especially this time of year and this is one or this is uh, tip one and then we've got tip two they're of those 28 tips um, in that post that I was telling you about and that is if a lot of us are bringing in our winter squash harvest. So a lot of us, the produce is coming in out of the garden or you might be picking it up at a farmer's market if you're not growing it yourself. So one of the things that we can do to help extend the shelf life of those root cellar type winter squash, so think your pumpkins, butternut squash, spaghetti squash, acorn squash, you know, all of those winter squashes, Hubbard squashes, all of those. Well, when you bring them in, is take just a towel dab, dampened with some apple cider vinegar and wipe the outside of it down. Any of the bacteria or dirt or germs or anything that's on the outside that would start to break that down faster, by wiping that down with some of the apple cider vinegar and then of course let it air dry before you put it on the shelf or whatever system you use for storing your winter root vegetables or the winter squashes like that, it helped extend the shelf life. And I have always done that. And another tip too, if you're picking it yourself or you're going to pick them out, always get the produce that has the stem still on it because if the stem is on it, then the oxygen can't get out inside as easily and start to break it down. So if the stem is on those winter squashes, they will actually last a lot longer. So that's my tip for you if you're picking them or harvesting them or getting them somewhere else, you'll want the stems on. By keeping the stems on, wiping down the outside with the vinegar, just in my kitchen, you guys, I have had spaghetti squash on the shelf last for five months because I don't have a basement and I don't have like a real root cellar yet. That is how long I've gotten my shelf life by doing those two tips with my homemade apple cider vinegar on our root cellar vegetables. That is like super good because we all want our vegetables to last as long as possible, right? Nobody wants to be wasting those darlings. Today's verse of the week is actually from Psalm and it's Psalm 37. It's verse 25. And there's a little bit of a story behind the choosing of today's verse. So I'm going to share that with you before I actually read it. Now, if you are on my newsletter, then you got an email that had a little bit of this information in it from me last week. And if you are not on my email newsletter, get yourself on there. You could do that at, uh, you could sign up for my five free videos. That'll get you on my newsletter. And that is at melissaknorris.com slash five free videos. So and the five free videos and our verse of the week and this story all tie in together. So I'm going to get to it. I'm going to share it with you. In fact, starting just this past week, the hours at my husband's work were cut by eight hours a week. So essentially out of a 40 hour week, which is his normal work week place that he works, all the employees lost eight hours. So they had eight hours cut from their work every week. One of the great things is they're able to do a work share program with unemployment. So we're not just completely cut those eight hours from our, you know, our budget and out of that totally. It's not the full amount, but it is some. So I'm very grateful for that. But on the other hand, it is still hours cut, which means money cut out of your budget. 
And it's really interesting as I look back because this is the year that I started the Pioneering Today Academy. If you've listened to the podcast at all, you've heard me mention that a couple of times. And one of the things in the Pioneering Today Academy is the Home Canning with Confidence e-course. So in order to do the Home Canning with Confidence e-course, I filmed every single thing that we canned and did video lessons and all of our recipes through the whole season from spring, summer into fall, even now, and how we put up all of the food in our pantry and our food storage from our home canned goods, which the majority of it we grow ourselves. Not all. We do purchase some things that I still can up. The lesson of that is I have actually canned more this year in one concentrated season than I ever have before. And it's due to, like I said, teaching others. So I had to go through and, and can everything so that I had everything to show for the video lessons. So therefore, my home pantry, my home grocery store is full, fuller than it has ever been at one point in time, which is amazing because I did not know, we didn't have the foreknowledge to know, but God did that my husband's hours would be being cut this fall. So when he came home with the news, we weren't panicked. We weren't upset. You know, I can't say they were kind of like, oh, you know, that's too bad. I don't want to, you know, but we both know that because we have been practicing self-sufficiency and homesteading through the grace of God, because I don't want that to sound like it's all in our own power. He's blessed us with that, that we don't have to worry about that extra money and where it's going to come from because we can just pull it from the grocery budget by just shopping and eating the food that we have already put up, that we've already raised, that we already have in our home pantry. And that is an awesome feeling. And it's also really cool to be able to look back and see that God was preparing this and taking care of us and getting us ready for this before we even knew it was coming. So I shared that in my newsletter and one of my awesome readers wrote back this verse, and she actually wasn't sure where it was, and so I, I looked it up, and I want to share it with you because it's a verse of comfort for her, it's been a verse of comfort for me, and I think it will be a verse of comfort for you as well. So it's Psalm 37, verse 25, and it says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the uncompromisingly righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. So basically what's that saying is if we are seeking God first and we're putting him first in our life, that he's going to take care of us. He's promised that he will make sure that we have the things that we need, not necessarily the things that we want, but that he will make sure that we are taken care of. And I am seeing that played out right now in real time. So I'm sharing that with you in our lives. And so I just wanted to share that with you to give you some inspiration, maybe to give you some comfort or just a reminder that he's there and he is taking care of you. So if being more self-sufficient, which almost sounds like an oxymoron when we're talking about being sufficient in Christ, but if self-sufficiency, growing your own food, that kind of a thing interests you, then if you haven't, I have a free video series. It's five free videos. Two of them are canning. Then we've got on seed saving and it goes into livestock, kind of all of the pillars of self-sufficiency. And you can grab that and get those videos for free at melissakenorris.com slash five free videos. And then as well, you can also go, this is blog post is also, or this episode, this podcast episode is also a blog post. So if you want to check out the pictures and all of the written stuff, and then the links that I may have mentioned and things that I have mentioned, I've got links to stuff in there, then you can go ahead and grab that at melissaknorris.com. Click on the podcast button. And this is episode number 91. 
and there is also a video. So you can watch the video if you want to watch the video of how to make apple cider vinegar um, as well. Because sometimes we just want that visual, especially me. Sometimes I learn just best by watching and doing. Though I do love podcasts. Total podcast junkie here. I want to thank you so much for listening and letting me share the things that we have learned with you in the hopes that it will enrich your life as well. So I will see you next time.